What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of What the Funk. I am here today with Chris, who is Science and Gains on Instagram, and uh, we are here to talk to you today about what your doctor didn't tell you about your birth control and also other factors, you know, especially environmental factors impacting estrogen dominance, which we see as coaches quite a bit. So Chris, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, your business, and, and just tell us a little bit about you. We're excited to have you today. Sure, sure, sure. Appreciate you having me on. So my name is Chris Alejandro. I'm out of the Bryan College Station area. So if anybody, but everybody should know who the AM Aggies are, then that's about where I'm at. Um, so I co-own A1 Fitness. We're out of this area. And uh, my wife is the other co-owner. She does a lot of the back-end stuff. And for us coaches, the back-end stuff are the things that we hate to do. So luckily, she's literally my better half where she does all the legal stuff, the reels, everything that, everything that I post that looks cool, she does it all. Nice. So, um, I've been coaching for about eight years now, and I really found my voice in this industry in the past two years. And it was actually in 2020 when, you know, the whole world shut down and everyone was scared to go outside yep. and everyone was masking up and all that good stuff. <laughs> and, you know, around that time, um, my wife had gotten anxiety from that. Yeah. And that's around when I started learning about hormones. And I'm like, hmm, okay, let me try to make this connection. And after that, um, you know, it, it was all downhill. I was able to, um, see, eight and a half years now. So I guess after six and a half years of coaching, I was able to do it full time. I did the work, started out at, you know, $25 plans on Fiverr and, you know, here we are, I'm able to support my family and, and do what I love full time. So that's, that's awesome. a little bit about me. Yeah. It's funny how, it, and you probably find this too, when you find other professionals in the industry that work within the hormone space, we all have a personal connection to why we got into it. it yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then it's really cool and a little bit terrifying when we start to learn more but also cool because yeah. it empowers us to educate and, and share information and help our clients to the best of our ability. So, sure. you know, but there's always that personal connection there, I feel like. So the, the first thing that we, we kind of want to talk to you guys today about, and I, and I think that it's important, first of all, to understand what estrogen is, <laughs> like, because that's usually... Yeah the main issue that we see with hormonal birth control specifically, at least the majority of individuals that I confront who are exhibiting signs of estrogen dominance or anxiety or bad PMS, it's, it's hormonal birth control is a huge contributor to it. Um, right. And estrogen in, a, in and of itself is actually three different strands of sex hormone. So you have mm -hmm. E1, which is estrone, which isn't going to be yeah. that big of a hitter until you're in menopause. Um, E2, which is mainly, or E3, which is estriol for mostly pregnant women that gets produced by the placenta. 
But the big one that we're going to talk about today is E2, which is estradiol. And that's the one that most people struggle with. And that's the one that's going to be on most blood work. So, you know, that's people are shocked to find, oh, it's not just one thing. It's three different things. Yeah. And that weird little nugget is weirdly empowering. Once you tell people that they're like, what? It's not just one thing. (laughs) Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about multiple forms of estrogen. I've never heard of that. And. You know, before a couple of years ago, I didn't either. So exactly. You're not alone. Uh huh. And and again, your doctor doesn't tell you because it. it I, th- I think a lot of yeah. medical professionals, and this is not to knock medical professionals at all. And I want you guys to know we're not here to like bring down the medical community. We understand that the way they present things and the way that they bring things to patients is how they're trained. They're only doing it the way that they've right. been trained and we can't hold that against them, but we can arm ourselves with knowledge to be empowered. So that's really what we're here to do today to do. So 100%. Uh, Chris, you want to take it away on hormonal birth control, what it is, what it usually gets prescribed for that it's not really meant for and big red flags that we see with individuals who are struggling with hormonal birth control and some of the issues with it. Sure. So you know, first of all, it, it has its place, yeah. and there's a reason why, you know, it was created. Now, before you get on birth control, I think that you should have more information. So if, if you have any young women listening, um, ask for more information and ask what future side effects can be. Um, you know, my wife, when she was prescribed it at 14, 15, they just said, hey, um, which one do you want? Here's a pamphlet. That's and then it. they came back in the room five minutes later, right? And that was it. So hormonal birth control is either estrogen-based or progesterone-based or a little mixture of both. Yep. And, you know, in, in itself, it's what it does is it helps to um, help your body not get pregnant with sex. So, um, you know, one problem that I have with it is, again, we talk about not enough information mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things that can happen with it, like being able to not conceive later on. Uh, we'll start talking about estrogen dominance eventually. And a lot of times it's prescribed for women who have PMS or some sort of symptom like a heavy flow, heavy cramping. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, or heavy bloating. And next thing you know, you see your doctor for your yearly physical or you see your doctor because of it. And they say, okay, we'll fix with birth control. Yeah. And, you know, my, my sister called me a couple of weeks ago while I was getting my hair cut. She's like, hey, I've been having heavy bleeding. I went and saw my doctor and they went you know, back, back on birth control when I just got off six months ago. And I was like, literally shaking my head because she's been, you know, having a cycle for about three months now, very light bleeding. Oh, let's put you on birth control. Like, yeah, that's not, you know, it, it grinds my gears because I have, I have three girls at home and my oldest being nine, she'll be in that realm in the next five or six years. Yep. And I'll make sure that she's educated on it. But you know, unfortunately, a lot of us don't have that education. So we just kind of go off whatever, like you said, whatever our, our doctors tell us. Yeah. And they only know what they know, you know? Exactly. And and I think that the, the main point that we're trying to make with this, and I love that the way that you, you shared this is that they just sort of, hey, we're going to use this as a Band-Aid to fix something. When really, right. if you're having these issues like heavy bleeding, PMS, mood swings, bloating, birth control isn't going to fix anything it, it might put a band-aid on some of the symptoms but it's not addressing the yep. root cause of these issues which is going to be some other imbalance going on within your reproductive adrenal or you know thyroid system that is causing these issues and so you're you're looking over what the actual problem is 
put it, giving a Band-Aid, putting you on something without it being used for what it was medically created for, which was to prevent mm -hmm. pregnancy. Um, and right. because it gets, in my opinion, misused so often, we're now seeing this. I don't, I don't know if it's just because now I talk about it and I work with it so closely now, but I feel like I'm seeing more and more and more individuals over the last 10 years. And maybe it's because social media it, it going, I think I'm having issues and it's because of my birth control. I think it's because my birth control. Yep. And, and a lot of times it comes down that it is. I mean, I, I had a similar experience where I was just, I, I had um, undiagnosed endometriosis um, starting at 13 years old. They put me on mm -hmm. birth control. I was on it for 10 years and it, and it ended up causing they put you on more estrogen, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you have more issues. Oh, let's put you on something stronger. And then you come out of it and your body is just wrecked. You're just wrecked. Right. So, um, and, and then there's, there's the other concept of post birth control syndrome where then people go off of it without any kind mm -hmm. of preparation, um, any kind of support from supplements or nutrition or lifestyle support. And then they right. start having again issues. And then they think it's because they went off birth control and it is in a way, but it's also, that's not going to be the answer again. So then it's this vicious right. cycle that people end up on. And if you are listening to this and you're just kind of nodding your head going, Oh, I think you're talking about me. Then you need to you just keep listening. So, so <laughs> yeah, for the, sure. one of the main things that we see with birth control, like I said earlier is estrogen dominance and it's, yes, it's just that it is exactly what it is. And it's not like a medically diagnosed condition. It's yeah, just, unfortunately not. Yeah. It's just, it's a series of symptoms and can be shown either, you know, you can say like, I've got these symptoms and there's a and with your past history, you know, most coaches who work with hormones and lab work, like you could probably have somebody come to you, Chris, and say, I've, I've been on birth control for five years. I just went off of it. I'm having mood swings. I've, I've gained some weight over the last year and I'm just tired all the time mm -hmm. and I have no sex drive. What, what would you say to, what would you probably guess is going on? I'm going to guess it's probably post, uh, post estrogen dominance from birth control. Yeah. And you know, with, with that, um, you know, I encourage everyone to get labs done just like oh, you always. do, you know, without it, it's kind of a shot in the dark, but with our experience, um, you know, you can kind of start guiding them in the right way. Yeah. And especially, like you said, you know, the lifestyle factors and, and being able to, to get that excess estrogen out of the body and supporting the, the detoxification. Um, now, I'm not saying go get you a detox tea, right? No. <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah, to support your phase one, phase two detoxification and kind of go from there. And, you know, estrogen dominance is more than just estrogen. Everyone yes. listening should know. A lot of the times you don't have excess estrogen, you have low progesterone. And yes. there's that ratio that most nobody knows about other than holistic coaches like us. Um, you know, everyone knows that progesterone and estrogen are, you know, women hormones, of course, and males do have it as well, mm -hmm. just much lower than men, than women. But don't, don't think of estrogen as a bad thing. I mean, women, it, it's what gives you yes. your curves. It's what makes you, you, it's what completes the, it's what completes what a man needs you know exactly. it's it's the being able to go to your for me to be able to go to my wife who's more sympathetic than I am um and it also like I said it gives you your curves it's good for heart health it's 100%. good for muscle building so guys if you're listening to don't think that your estrogen level should be zero I mean nope. there's there's many benefits to it and going back to the estrogen dominance because of progesterone 
what I see a lot of is you can supplement it all you want, but if you don't have your lifestyle factors in play mm -hmm. and stress management, then you're probably not going to get anywhere. You can take it all you want. You can take the creams, you can take the pills, you can take the shots. But, you know, something that I've learned is estrogen, progesterone and cortisol, they use the same pathways. Yes. So if cortisol is going to be massively high, like most of us are, we're too stressed, well, then you don't have any room for your progesterone to get where it needs to be. So that's where estrogenomics come into play. Exactly. Um, and, you know, there's going to be different symptoms with it, you know, um, like, like you said earlier, uh, you may have a zero, zero sex drive. Um, you may be very moody. Progesterone is known as the calming hormone. So obviously estrogen is the opposite of that with women. Yep. And um, you're talking about infertility from low progesterone. There, there's mm -hmm. so many different things that you can go down, but the biggest things that I see and I ask them, do you find yourself very moody? You can't calm down. You, you're angry about a situation for more than two or three minutes. They're like, yes. Like if I get in a, if I get in a, an argument with my husband or significant other, it, it's, I can't let it go. Yep. And, you know, that's where I start breaking things down into the stress management issues. Cause we can supplement all we want, but if we don't have our stress management, our lifestyle factors set, yep. then everything we're doing is we're just spinning our wheels. Like I've worked with clients for six months who we've done everything, everything, everything I've supplemented, right. Protocols to the T for this individual. And I ask him, you know, how's your stress management? Um, you know, how are you doing here? We've talked, I've given everything to do. She's like, well, I haven't done, I haven't done any yoga. I haven't done any meditation. I haven't taken time with myself. Yeah. I haven't gotten off the, the phone before bed. I haven't had a chance to just have me time. And that was it. So as soon as I had them slow down, cut back on a lot of things and boom, things started moving. The we started seeing those improvements moving. in progesterone. Yep. Yeah. All those things, testosterone raised. So for those listening, a lot of us are overstressed, overstimulated, and we need to get back to how back to how we survived as a species in the primitive days. You know, like sure, go in, stress, hunt your food, get back and eat and relax. Right. Now it's not that simple, obviously, but yeah. being able to get out of that sympathetic state to get yes. back into parasympathetic is so underrated. Yeah. And this is, this is part of the reason why I was so excited to have you on the podcast, because just as we've sort of become like, you know, colleagues on the internet here over the last, like probably like year or so since I think we connected online. Yeah. year and a half. Yes, yeah. Sir. So something like that. And it, we have very similar values when it comes to, we can give you all of the list of things to take and, and the right foods to eat, you know, but if you don't get your lifestyle and stress management in check, there's only so much that you're going to be able to benefit from any kind of protocol, any kind of nutrition exactly. or training plan, if your lifestyle is not aligning with that. And so I think that it's, it's really important to, to understand that the things that we're going to share with you today everything's going to come down to multiple things working together and the hierarchy of needs for our body is going to be stress management and sleep right recovery is going to be a huge huge piece of 100%. it then from there working on your nutrition and then balancing your training and then supplementation and that's kind of the, that's that's like the pyramid of, of of how everything kind of gets built so um and, and we'll just kind of go over to some other symptoms of of that estrogen dominance or lack of progesterone causing estrogen dominance. Um, you might be dealing with some depression, headaches, migraines, yep. things like that. That was my issue. I, I had terrible migraines until I went off birth control. It was awful. You might be having 
lots of cravings. Um, it can contribute to or exacerbate things like endometriosis or uterine fibroids. It does affect your blood sugar management. So your energy levels and yes. your ability to like process things in your brain, <laughs> as well as like water retention. If you deal with like a little water, like a lot of water retention and you're feeling puffy and fluffy mm -hmm. and you're, you're drinking enough sodium and or eating enough sodium and drinking enough water. And so you're technically imbalanced, but still dealing with things. And those are just some things where like, there's multiple things it contributes to and there's multiple things that cause it but there's also lots of things you can do to help so there's you know the hormone right. from the birth control that can cause it but there's also some lifestyle and environmental factors that even if you're not on hormonal birth control could be contributing to some of this issue and so you know we want to talk a little bit about just environmental factors a little bit so mm -hmm. um we have these wonderful things called xenoestrogens within our environment xenoestrogens yes <laughs> so chris you want to take it away on that one because i know this For is sure this is definitely an area you know, that i know you're passionate about yes it's something that i hold dearly in my household and um you know i have my wife to think about think about that because when she had first had anxiety in 2020 um you know i'm not sure what caused her to go down that rabbit hole but man like we made so many changes. you know I, I fought her for the longest time because i'm not going to say the name of the coach you probably know who i'm talking about when i get into a few things okay. but there's a coach that only says that says the only thing that matters is calories in calories out that's it. like he's a zealot for that yes you know exactly what i'm talking about and you know i watched him for a long time and he was such so huge in the macros world that i was like okay this guy has a big degree, you know, she's got to be right. So my wife started looking at these things and I fought her for a long time. No, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And finally I went along with it, right? Like it's not, in my household, we don't say happy wife, happy life. We, we say happy spouse, happy house, right? Yeah. So we, 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 we support each other. I love that. So um, I actually started going along with her things and like, man, like she's right. You know, the, the, the more you dig deep into the things that are in our clothes and our uh, water and our foods and our soaps um all, all that right so you know anything from like fragrances and smells to certain chemicals that are, are in cleaners so those are the xenoestrogens that um are in our environment that we ingest and we're exposed to daily and if someone says well it doesn't matter um you know you you touch things it, it's fine right but we have creams we have testosterone creams progesterone creams all these things are absorbed in our skin we utilize cholesterol and vitamin D through our skin. Our skin is an organ. It's so highly underestimated the things our skin is, is capable of doing. So basically without going into the rabbit hole, there's a lot of chemicals that our body recognizes as estrogens. Um, and uh, it could be in your tap water. It can be um, in our foods, the, the glyphosate, the glycophosphates, are the, the, the herbicide spray, all these things um, that our body does you know, it does a good job of getting out of our body, but after reading a book called Xenoestrogen, oh no, uh, Xenoestrogen Generation, Xenoestrogen Yeah, it's Estrogeneration, um, yep. And you actually yeah, turned yeah, me yeah. on to that, which was really cool. Yep, yep. And uh, he talks about how we actually store these xenoestrogens in our fat cells. So as we store these estrogens in our fat cells, even for males, Obviously, your estrogen levels start to rise because you're storing and storing and storing. Instead and these of clearing again. it, exactly. Right, right. Yep, yep. So, 
again, it can be in your tap water. It can be, um, you know, in your foods. It can be in your in your health products. And you know, we do anything and everything from like toothpaste to shampoos, conditioners, uh, dishwashing soap. I've actually had, and it was pretty cool because you know we've been buying from this company for a while. A company reached out to me this week actually, and they want to do a collab with me, and it's one that that we've been using for a long time. So it's something different from my from my channel, you know, my my um, what I post, but it's something that I kind of you know talk about. You know, the Xenoestrogens, and this company um, is Xenoestrogen free. They're out of Austin, Texas. And they keep it to as natural as they can. And they're called Puracy, P-U-R-A-C-Y. You should check them out. Yeah. And, um, you know, they have everything from like cleaners from around your house. It's highly plant powered um, to laundry detergents. We have their lotions, their uh, shampoo, conditioner, body uh, body scrubs, I mean, all that good stuff they've done um, since the 2000s. So nice. it was pretty cool for them to reach out to me because obviously you know it's something that i hold close to heart in my household mm -hmm. and uh we even go as far as having a reverse osmosis system with our water so we have a high a high dollar filtration system for our water um mm -hmm. that we get through the sink so basically you're exposed to so much we have to make sure that we're one doing our part to consume and be exposed to as least we can but two we have to make sure that we are detoxing these things out of our bodies yeah. through our detox system, our livers, our kidneys. Yeah. So, um, you know, supplementing your micronutrients. Like if you were to eat a 50-50 whole food to, um, I don't want to say dirty, but uh, more, more processed, processed foods, package. Yeah. 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 And you go to 80, 20, 90, 10, you're going to get so much so much more micronutrients. So much benefit. Then that. you can go as far as supplementing glutathione, NAC, all those good things. But like I said, without going too far into it, that's basically what it is. You know, there's things, there's chemicals being used in our foods and, and everything else that mm -hmm. I don't believe gets enough attention. Yeah. Because the FDA approves it, right? Yeah, so exactly. So it must be with, safe. <laughs> it's, it must be safe. You know, and, and we've already been down this FDA must be safe thing for the past two Ooh, years, obviously. Right. But, you know, those are things that, that you can take to not only protect yourself, but keep exposure to a minimum, um, to a minimum yeah. from, from, from environmental estrogen. And, and I think it's important to, and, and you and I have had this conversation where it's never our goal to like scare people or fear monger right. people into feeling like they have to go out, throw everything in their house away and like start from mm -hmm. scratch. But you can start by picking a couple of things right? Your laundry right. detergent might be a really big one because the clothes you wear are touching your skin. And like we said, you're absorbing so much through your skin. So maybe just start by swapping out your laundry detergent and a couple of cleaning supplies and, and looking yep. for and Googling, you know, estrogen free or xenoestrogen free options, like maybe on Amazon, or maybe there's, like you said, this other company from Austin, Texas or a local company or other yep. brands um, that you can find. And um, the other thing too, for women specifically, we use a lot of things with fragrances and like makeup and cosmetics, yes. um, looking through your cosmetics and your makeup and see what is it that I can maybe trade out. And, and in a lot of personal care products and cleaning products too, it's pretty easy to recognize. I'll give you guys a quick tip. This is one of the things that I tell even sometimes my clients to start looking for is phthalates within your plastics, cleaning mm -hmm. products, things like that. And they're just essentially 
they're used to make plastics more durable um, or, you know, they're using maybe a binder of some kind within cosmetic products. Um, and, and it also gives that clear look. Too. Exactly. It gives like a clear look. So like switching out your Tupperware from plastic to glass, right, is, is a big yep. one because that'll get into our food. Um, you know, everyone went through that. I think it was like early 2000s, like the BPA free was like a big thing that was mm -hmm. like a big buzzword at some point. I mean, it, it's true because it does contribute again to the same thing, but it, it's that concept of, can I use glass instead of plastic? Can I get a metal water bottle instead of a plastic water bottle? Or can I get some metal yep. reusable straws instead of plastic reusable, you know, plastic throwaway straws. And even that's better for the environment. So small things that you can start to shift to just reduce the load on your body. And then secondhand or not secondhand, but more priority, but start supporting your body in the clearance and metabolism of these estrogens, right? So you mentioned nutrients in your diet. So a big one for estrogen specifically is there's, there's, um, there's a uh, compound called DIM and it's methane, And it's, it's really helpful mm -hmm. for not necessarily the clearance of estrogen, but the some metabolism of estrogen through our body. And it also blocks an enzyme called aromatase, which converts testosterone or other androgens into estrogen within our body. And actually that's specific to like E1, I think, and not E2. Um, but what you can do is you can take it as a supplement if you want to I actually really love it as a supplement for my clients. If they experience lots of mood swings or I have them take it during their ovulation and luteal phases going into their period where mood swings can tend to be a little bit higher during that luteal, late luteal phase going into menstruation. Um, or eat some more green vegetables, broccoli, kale, cabbage, right? That's yep. where we're going to get it. But if you're not eating enough micronutrients, your body's not going to be able to get that. And it's not going to get the benefit of the DIM supporting the clearance and metabolism of estrogen exactly. or the creation of more estrogen in your body that doesn't need to be because you're already under a heavy load from maybe lack of sleep, stress, environmental factors, birth control, things like that, right? So those are just some lifestyle things that you can slowly start implementing. Um, and I think another one too that I really want to talk about that everybody loves, and my clients hate me when I bring this up, is alcohol and estrogen. <laughs> Nobody wants to yeah. hear this. <laughs> yeah, and you know, nobody wants to give up alcohol. No one no. wants to be, you know, antisocial. But, you know, the way, the way I tell my clients is if you want to have a glass of wine per week, fine. And what I mean, but I'm saying, when I say glass, I don't mean one of them huge glasses <laughs> yeah. that people buy for fun, you know, to yeah. be cool. Like, no, like, like a standard, five, like five, know, six ounces. ounces. Yeah. Yep. Um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, it does. It, it raises estrogen. It can convert testosterone to estrogen, mm -hmm. um, especially beer. Beer has more of an effect on estrogen than you know vodka or anything else now the body does see all alcohol as a poison so if mm -hmm. someone is trying to lose body fat your body will pretty much stop all the burning well, to keep it in layman terms burning of body fat yep and it'll go to trying to detox the alcohol out of the system so yep. and that takes a while so if someone were to go out um let's say get hammered six seven eight drinks your body's probably going to take what 16 to 24 hours to get all that out of your system. You have yeah. a whole day of, unfortunately, you're probably going to be storing a lot of fat that day. Yeah. Um, and then depending on, because the alcohol does make you hungry, you can go off your diet. Uh, for those in Texas, we have Whataburger. It's huge and it's delicious. So yep. we'll eat some Whataburger, then go home and sleep, right? And then a lot of people, 
uh, I've never gone this far, but they'll say, well, wake up and drink some beer to help your hangover. Oh, yeah, and a little that's hair just of the putting dog. your body in a worse situation, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, alcohol is something that most don't talk about when it comes to estrogen dominance or estrogenic effects, but it definitely does affect the body. Yeah, it has a, it has a massive impact because, it, you know, and again, you're you're just saying things that I know I've already said a million times, but I will I will reiterate it. If you're drinking alcohol and you have any kind of goal, whether that's to heal your hormone balance because you feel like shit, um, yeah. or it's to lose fat or add muscle, um, you're going to have to manage your alcohol consumption to a degree. And that's a very uncomfortable thing for people to do because one, it's a social thing, mm-hmm. right? It's so ingrained in society that you go out, you right. go somewhere, you have a drink, you have a beer with dinner, you have a glass of wine, you go to brunch and you have a mimosa. And when you don't mm-hmm. drink, it's out of the norm. And people are very yeah. uncomfortable with it. And they, and they feel like you're say, judging them for yeah, some reason. They feel like you're judging them. And I always reiterate to people that if you ever choose to not drink at a social function and people start to like be like, well, why aren't you drinking or why can't you just have one? Or like, oh, I feel like you're judging me or you get some of those vibes. Always remember that your choices to take care of your body, if somebody else finds fault with it or takes it personally, that's because your decisions are likely a reflection of insecurities that they have with themselves already. They're already concerned with maybe their body or their weight or their inability to lose weight or the the 10 pounds that they gained over the last year and they can't just they can't explain why and you're doing something that they know they probably need to change but they don't really want to because it's comfortable to not right. do anything they, they they're okay being uncomfortable mm-hmm. they're at they're not quite uncomfortable enough to do something outside of their comfort zone right it's always about that comfort level <laughs> and you're facing them with yeah, and- a choice and they don't like yeah, it. Yeah, and, and they have they have zero alcohol drinks. I mean, you can have yeah. your beer that's zero alcohol. Now, I don't know how popular they are, you know, with in the individual, but for myself, if I'm gonna be at a social outing or especially during football season, you know, I'll buy some zero calorie beers. So people think like I, I won't tell them, but if they look right. at it and they ask me, then they're yeah. like, that's weird, you know, like they kind of ask you, what's the point? Well, my point is for you not ask me what's the point, right? Exactly. So a lot of times um, I do um you know, at, at the end of the day. Oh yeah. No, at the end of the day, it's just about what you're comfortable with. I like that you do that, that zero, the zero proof beer. My, my trick is I get like a sparkling water with lime. Cause it looks like, yeah. like a vodka soda with lime and, and nobody's going to yeah. bat an eye. Nobody's going to even think about it for a second, unless you tell them that there's no alcohol in your drink. Exactly. And then you're still having something because it's like oh, people, Oh, I don't want to just drink water. You don't have to, you can drink something else. Get, get a, get a Shirley Temple, get something, get it, get something that's, you know, non-alcoholic. You, if you ask bartenders, like, what's your favorite non-alcoholic drink? That's fun. I'd rather you have a drink that's maybe going to be 20, 30 carbs towards your overall daily calorie intake, then spiral down one drink, two drink, three drink, four drink Taco Bell. (laughs) You know, and then the next day going, So I did something last night and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Let's come up with some strategies for how to maybe not drink in social situations to where you're comfortable. Like you don't have to just drink water. You can do other things. And, and, and I think that, and and I, I don't know if you find this, whenever I have a client and I challenge them to not drink and I tell them it's. If you get through it once, if you can get through one outing 
one party, one whatever, without drinking, you're going to realize how, one, easy it was, and two, it's going to be very empowering. It's very empowering. Do you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Because people feel yeah, like Yeah, I do because, person. you know, my wife doesn't drink. Yeah, yeah, and my, my wife doesn't drink, so we're at social outings. You know, we, we kind of started to notice, hey, maybe it's not as fun as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, when you don't drink and you're sober, you're like, and her and I were huge into like staying home and watching rom-coms. Like I love some 90s rom-coms. So we, we would rather stay home and watch some rom-coms and, yep. you know, eat a little popcorn and go to bed, you know? Yep. But, you know, for those that do and that you, you're listening and you want to try to really, really, you know, get towards your goals. If you have hormonal issues and you're coming to us and still a heavy drinker, you should, you know, take into consideration how committed are you? Because... In my interview process, I ask them, you know, how committed are you? One through 10. No drinking. We're going to do this. We're going to have this. This is going to be the protocol we're going to go through. I want you to check in here. How committed are you? And if someone gives me anything lower than an eight, I'll have them reconsider. You know, because for coaches that are really, really good and know what they're doing and really care about you, they're not going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. And that's an expense and a leisure at your cost. But at the same time, why half-ass it? Like go all in for five or six months. What you've been doing isn't working. Yeah. So why not? Exactly. And I think that it's important that we're not telling people, oh, you have to give up all these things. You have to say no to all of this stuff, but to, to maybe minimize some of the impact that's causing some levels of estrogen dominance or low progesterone, whether it's from hormonal birth control or environmental factors or lifestyle factors like diet and alcohol consumption. Um, But there's always a balance and it's different knowing that the choice you're making has a specific impact. Like I'll use myself as an example. I, I obviously know what the impact of certain things on my body is. It was my birthday this last weekend you know, um, we're recording this in July. Um, this will likely go out in August. So if you guys are listening, but, um, I was, it was my birthday weekend and I went to like a bespoke cocktail experience. Like we went to like a secret Mm -hmm. bar within a secret bar. And like, I knew I was going to have some drinks. My friend and I, we opened a bottle of Dom and we were at the house getting ready. Like it was just a cool little fun experience. And my recovery this week from my workouts has been just absolute trash. And I have nobody to blame but myself. And I'm fully yeah. aware of that. So it's like when I go to my coach and I'm like, yeah, this week has been rough, but it's my own fault. <laughs> I have nobody yeah. to blame but myself. And being able to take ownership of how I feel, how I'm performing, is it's very eye-opening. It's very enlightening. It's very empowering. So it's like mm-hmm. I can make a choice. I made an informed decision to do something that I knew was going to maybe impact me for a few days or more you know, just depending on how the night went and it is what it is. I know I'm not going to do that again this next weekend. I, I, you know, I don't drink, I drink maybe like once a month, you know, used to be much more frequently, but again, there's, there's something freeing about making an empowered decision about what's best for you. So now I want to bring the conversation a little bit back to birth control, because you said something at the beginning of the podcast that I think is really, really, really important. And that's it. You need to ask more questions before going on birth control. And 
and I'd love for us to maybe talk a little bit too. And I, I know we didn't initially kind of talk about this, but what are people's options outside of using hormonal birth control if they're really truly concerned with their unplanned pregnancy being a thing, especially with, you know, the political climate of recent months. For sure. And, you know, I love that question because my wife and I use NFP or the FAM method, uh, or it's fertility awareness method or NFP, natural family planning, you know, however anyone wants to say it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for most women, you can only, if you're listening, ladies, you can only get pregnant about five or six days, maybe seven or eight out of the month. So birth control, it's overhyped because again, eight days out of the month, like if you restrain, and of course, you know, pun intended, it gets hard, right? Yeah. But, but there's other ways you know, to scratch that um, itch. Let's be real. <laughs> right, right. There's condoms available, right? There's condoms available. Um, I wouldn't say the pullout method is a hundred percent. I but, have friends you know, that would argue that it is not effective. That route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, for this disclaimer, I have five children and everyone's like, oh, well, obviously you're, your natural family planning doesn't work, but all my children were, were planned right yep. now. My first one, he was not planned, but my second one was planned. And with the twins, with my last three kids, we've been doing NFP for about five years now. And we planned the twins mm -hmm. and we planned um, my son. So we've had two pregnancies in the past five years that were planned. So it does work and it does take a little time. You know, there will be, there will need to be um, some there's, abstinence there's there. a learning curve. A learning curve yeah. for sure. Um, so we did the Creighton model for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And what that does is you will uh, look at your cervical mucus. Yeah. And from there, you can tell, tell your body, um, your body's like, hey, I'm ready for, for, for ovulation and yep. getting pregnant or, or not. And um, one way you can tell is, so if you're, if anybody's familiar with the Creighton method, um, you're, it's called a 10. So a 10 being like highest, right? Like a 10 out of 10, mm -hmm. that's going to be the thickest cervical mucus. And uh, there's a song out there called WAP. And that's pretty much what it is, right? <laughs> it's the it's the cervical mucus that allows the sperm to freely glide into the uterus and, you know, do it, do its thing. Do its thing, so, yep. Right. And there's days where um, you will be a four, which is a almost no cervical mucus. And those are the days where your body will not get pregnant right and uh a woman's body will kill sperm off so it's it's it the the human body is really remarkable but we don't appreciate especially the female body where there's days where you know again you can't get pregnant you can get pregnant and finding out those days is truly it's yeah. truly a cool experience because there's been days where you know my wife and I we really really want to do it right because on those 10 days, right, where she's ovulating. That's when uh, a woman, her breast will be perkier. Be, yeah. her, 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 scare, her, her skin is cleaner and clearer. Um, she's more promiscuous, right? So those are the days mm -hmm. where if you're out in the club, you notice a guy's good looking and maybe a week later, he's not as good looking as I thought, <laughs> right? Like you just were, your body wanted to procreate. And uh, a, a client of mine, she she has a joke about that with her friends. She's like, he's not good looking. I'm just ovulating. Yes. Right? So that's funny. Uh, there, there's that. And then um, there's another one that my wife and I are about to explore called the Marquette method, where it doesn't go off your cervical mucus. It goes off your luteinizing hormone. Okay. As, uh, yep. So and you'll, you'll, you'll recognize it in, in a urine stick. So you yep. pee on the stick in the morning, and it'll pretty much give you a green light or a red light. Yep. So 
um, that, that's an even more accurate way. So there's there's a lot of ways. Of course, you know, like I said, we, you can use condoms. And if you want to talk about the xenoestrogens, you, there's natural condoms you can find, latex-free yeah. condoms. Um, and there, there's a lot of ways that you can go about it. A lot of different methods with the NFP and FAM. Uh, there's the temperature method where yeah. you take the temperature every morning and it'll tell you. There's an app for for everything nowadays. There's one for, for tracking your cycle. So don't think that you have to have birth control. It's just a tool. Yes. Now, again, when you have that tool, there will be maybe consequences later, but, you know, make informed decisions. Exactly. And I, and I have this conversation with a lot of people in my DMs with a lot of women that are on birth control and they want to get off, but they're so afraid of an unplanned pregnancy and, and what that means for their yep. life. And, and, I'm, and that's a, that is a logical fear, but women are not very well educated from like sex ed when we were like 12 yep. on how our body actually works, how the reproductive system actually works. What is our w- capacity to actually conceive and carry a pregnancy um, and how mm-hmm. to be aware of those days. So, you know, I, I, I love all of those methods. I, with some of my clients will do, you know, I do work with clients for fertility purposes as well as healing post birth control yep. or planning to go off birth control. And I know, you know, you do similar. Um, I have them, you yes. know, totally do their temperature. Um, and we watch their temperature as well as their symptoms. I have them track their cycle days. Now I have my clients track their cycle days from the first day after their bleed. So the first day of their follicular phase or the first day after their bleeding mm-hmm. is actually your first day of your menstrual cycle. Um, uh, medical doctors right. will tell you that the first day of your cycle is the first day of your period. And I think that's just because it's easier, <laughs> but the first day of your follicular phase right. yeah. is actually the first day of your cycle. And then tracking from there. Um, and then I do have some clients that do also use a, you know, they use LH tests where they pee in a little cup and they put the stick in and they see where their LH hormone is. We usually would start that around like mm-hmm. day 10, day 11, depending on the length of the cycle for the client. Yeah. Um, so like I'll use even myself in as, as an example, because we are talking about starting a family sometime soon. And I have also started using the LH test myself to help inform what I'm already tracking mm-hmm. naturally with my temperature as well as my symptoms um, to, to track my cycle phases. And it's really cool. There's so many options. So it's like I can pee on a stick and I can go, there is absolutely no way that I'm conceiving a child today. And to me, that's way better than taking a pill that's yeah. going to cause me a lot of problems. Like, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but like, I'd rather just watch that. Exactly. Now, if you're somebody who has an irregular cycle for various reasons, And so tracking your ovulation is difficult or you're coming off of birth control and you're not sure when you're going to start ovulating. And I I would say on average, a lot of my clients who come up birth control, because we go on a bit of a protocol pre birth control coming off. And then we also maintain a protocol throughout the first like several months of coming off of birth control. And we, so we can start to see when do we start ovulation? When is that first bleed? When is ovulation occurring using those biofeedback, you know, pieces of temperature, you know, symptoms, mood swings, you know, cervical mucus, things like that. Um, Sometimes again, peeing on a stick. Um, It's really interesting because if you do it well, you can usually get it on your first true ovulation within like 30 to 60 days of coming off birth control in most situations. I say in most situations because there's always outliers. But um, if you have an irregular cycle and you're concerned about being able to track when ovulation is, that's when you can work with 
a coach like me or Chris, or, you know, we have other colleagues within the industry who can help you get your cycle back on track because things like, and I've said Mm -hmm. this before, even in my stories, and I know you see it too, is when you have irregular cycles or heavy periods or really bad cramps or lots of mood swings, that is a sign of hormonal imbalance. And so if you can correct those imbalances, there's a very high likelihood. I don't even know what the percentage of it is. I've seen it in my clients where I've been able to get their cycles back to normal by fixing their baseline levels. Again, like we said, you have your stress levels, your your adrenal system and your um, thyroid, and then your reproductive health, as well as your digestive health too, does have an impact um, on your cycle. But everything, all of these other pieces of your body impact your reproductive system and your reproductive health. So it's, it's like, you have to take a look at everything as a whole in order to get things going the way that they're supposed to be going. Because when ladies, Chris said it and he's a guy. And I mean, I know he has a wife and she's amazing. She's Mrs. Science and Gains on Instagram. You should go follow her because she's freaking adorable. (laughs) And his family is so cute. Um, You guys have such a beautiful family. Um, And Thank you. The, the the female body is amazing. The reproductive system in a woman is amazing, but we're taught to take a pill and shut it down. And there's that, that it breaks my heart because there's so much to tap into from an emotional and mental and you know physiological standpoint as well as for our long term health. Um, you know, and our future reproductive health, because there are unfortunately situations where women have been on birth control for a really, really, really long time. And they're never able to repair that brain to ovary connection and get regular ovulation yep. going again. So they struggle to conceive because they were on birth control yeah. for a really long time. And that's, yeah. And, and what's, and what's crazy is, um, so uh, I started reading a book called this is your brain on birth control I love that book. um a couple months back yeah and it talked about and you know don't kill the messenger but it can alter who you find attractive it can alter who you mate with it can alter what friends you associate with because of that change in your hormones so that's another thing to think about women who i'm not saying if you're on birth control now and you know, maybe you made the wrong decision and got married and you shouldn't have. That's, you know, I'm not saying it's because of birth control, but I'm saying it can influence these things. It does. And it's something to think about. You know, if, if it can influence your future, then make an informed decision. Exactly. Like myself and my wife, you know, we will never put our children on birth control, our girls, but there may be someone out there who needs to put it for some reason, yeah. you know, the, the, it has its benefits. Of course, it does. And I'm not saying it's, it's, I'm not trying to demonize it, but what I am saying is I really want our women to be more informed. Like why we, they should know so much more about it yes. than again, being given a pamphlet and boom, here you go. Make, which one do you want? Right. Oh, yeah. Like, And par- parents out there listening who have girls, you know, like mine, mine are, uh, the twins are five. My oldest is nine. Take some time to listen to this, you know, uh, go down the rabbit hole, read the books that we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, Zeno, uh, uh, Astro, Astro Generation, yeah. uh, this is your brain on birth control, like these are just two of the amazing books that you have to look for yourself that no one else is going to tell you, get educated for your kids, like me being a parent, I do so much more because of my kids, right, yeah. I-, I want them to have, you know, I want them to have healthy children, um, 
and with reproductive issues and the estrogen in, in, in all of our society and our environmental factors, it can affect the quality of sperm, the quality of egg that comes out. So I want healthy grandchildren, right? I want healthy great-great-grandchildren. I want my kids to live on and have that education that I have. So do more, right? Start, like you said, start making small choices. Um, you know, if you want, everybody knows you can buy organics. Buy, start buying organics. It doesn't have to be everything. You know, just start buying. Uh, if your kids eat cereal, I doubt they're not going to eat cereal, but give them organic cereal. Um, start there. Start with some... I don't know, uh, different detergent, you know, small things mm -hmm. here and there and slowly start making those, because those changes because, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, and as parents, we want the best for our kids and that's going to be it, you know, making these more informed decisions, buying higher quality foods um, and, and going from there. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's important to know too, that if you are on hormonal birth control and you are using it for it's intended purpose. You made an informed choice and you're like, this is something that I'm going to do. And I'm aware of what the potential long-term impacts are. You can still support your body by doing all of yep. these other lifestyle things that we have mentioned and help lessen the load on your body by looking at environmental factors, looking at your diet, looking at your stress management, looking at potentially adding in supplements to help balance out some of the impact of the estrogen mm -hmm. in your body. Um, and that way, the impact of that hormonal birth control is not compounded by all these other factors. And hopefully you have right. a much smoother experience than some other people have had for themselves. Um, and that's important exactly. to know too, exactly. is that just because you're on it doesn't mean that there isn't anything you can do about it. You might struggle, you know, potentially, but there's things you can still do. There were the same, they're the same things that I would tell somebody who is not on birth control to do to help better manage estrogen within their lifestyle and the load that their body takes on. So yeah. 100%. Well, I think we, we covered a lot. <laughs> we went down a few different yeah, avenues. Yeah, we did. A lot we of did. This. And so, um, and there's so much more we could cover, but you know, for the sake of time and, and keeping everything to a level that everybody can understand, yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. I know. I, I think this was. I think this was a really good. This is a really good conversation. And thank you so much for sharing um, all of your personal experience and 100%. professional experience. We appreciate you being here today. And everybody, this was Chris Science and Gains on Instagram. Um, thanks so much for being here. And we'll, you know, this is we'll call it a wrap for today. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the What the Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. And don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support. And I will see you next time.